Welcome, fellow human, to the Disorganized Productions Podcast. The show that fuels your spirit, ignites your potential, and helps you become the best version of yourself. I'm your host, Rob, and each episode will embark you on a journey to unlock the power within you, tap into your limitless potential, and conquer life's challenges. Okay, I'll let you do an intro or whatever. Okay, here we are, ladies and gentlemen. Another episode of Disorganized Productions with a special guest. He is a podcaster as well. He is a musician, a self-proclaimed genius, father of three, and a musician. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Derek Stitt. Hey, what's up, eh? Woohoo! Bam, bam, bam. <laughs> Thanks I for like having that. me on, brother. I like that picture, man. Thanks, man. Yeah, you know my my bedroom's a little messy right now, so sometimes I just usually do the audio only. So, <laughs> okay, no problems, no problems. I saw on uh, Instagram that you just had a haircut. Yeah, yeah. It's it's about half the length that is in that picture. It's still long, so I mean it's it's shoulder length now, but okay. it's still there. I had <laughs> a little easier uh, to manage. I had them like that too, but uh, then. Uh, I got a job opportunity for a salesman, and I cut off my hair. Mm-hmm. I was walking around with uh, uh, with this Cherokee, you know, did this, uh, what's it called in, uh, in English? Uh, Big mohawk? Yeah, like a mohawk for uh-huh. quite a while, and then I shaved it off, and, uh, you know, I, I don't spend any money to uh, to uh, to a hair carter, so, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, I didn't. I mean, honestly, I'm one of those guys that you, my hair gets really long really quick, and then I just put it off for a while, and then like three years later, it's like, you know what? I need a haircut. Let's just chop it off and start back over again, and it just grows right back. But it is what it is, you know. Just sometimes you got to have a little refresher here and there. Oh yeah, and the funny thing is, it's going to grow back anyway. So you can you can be your own barber, right? And right, right. You weeks or a few months, you can have another haircut and stuff like that because it's just growing. Yep, exactly. You know, you play in a rock and roll band, you got to have some kind of, you know, you could be the cool guy with bald head and tattoos, or you can be the, you know, long hair or the, you know, mohawk or just, you know, whatever, you know, everybody has their own little image, whatever they play music, you know, when you're playing live, they kind of end up coming up with their little character or whatever, if you will. You know what I mean, right? Yeah. The funny thing is I, I miss it sometimes because when I'm playing the guitar and I want to bang my head, nothing happens, only my, my, my skull, or only the, the little loose skin of my skull is going to bump a little bit up and down. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but the feeling of, you know, when I had some really long hair and to, to you know, being in the rhythm of the of the music and, and hat bang that, that, you know, bang that hat that doesn't bang. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and it's funny, right? whenever you get like a big haircut right away, you almost feel like lightheaded. You know, you get used to that extra weight being there. So you go to move your head twice as quick as you're used to. You're like, whoa, it kind of throws you off that first hour or so. I don't know. Maybe I'm an idiot, but it's always been like that. Every time I get a shorter haircut, I'm like, whoa, I forgot. Kind of miss, yeah. it's missing now, you know? Oh, oh, when you work out, just to like nobody noticed you that that you cut off your hair. Just like this is a major thing for me. Uh-huh, right. Come on, nobody's going to, gonna, you know, hey, you cut off your hair. No, no, it's just like a normal person walking by. <laughs> <laughs> yep, and I played with my cover band one night stand last night, and um, so and my voice is a little kind of hoarse today. I'm kind of 
was helping too much backup vocals and harmonies last night. I woke up this morning like, oh man, I'm kind of froggy. feel like Lemmy almost. But, uh, you know, anyways, yeah, it's, it's kind of funny. I kind of surprised a lot of people when they got there. They're like, holy crap, where'd your hair go? I'm like, hey, it's still there, man. It's just not all the way there anymore. <laughs> it's not in my face as much. I can see now, you know. I don't yeah. look like Cousin It. <laughs> oh, man. But but you're, you're a bass player, right? And and yeah. vocalist. Yeah, bass player and, you know, part-time vocalist or whatever. Sing, I sing a few songs here and there, but, you know, mo mostly back up and harmonies and stuff like that. But mm. just playing a cover band nowadays, got the three kiddos, and, you know, it, it's it's still a blast, you know. it's Yeah, but it puts a little extra cash in your pocket, too. You know, it pays a little better than original bands. That's what I used to play it all the time. But, you know, with original bands, you got to practice all the time. You got to stay really tuned to your craft. You got to... Stay with your boys and the camaraderie and everything. And as life mm. as goes on, you have family and kids and work. You just, and not not to sound selfish, but if they help and pay the bills, like there ain't enough time to like put that in there. Sometimes you know what I mean. Like you can have yeah. passion projects, but you gotta always put family first, faith first. You know everything. Like you get kind of what I'm saying, right? Like you can yeah, have your exactly. fun stuff, but just make sure it's in moderation. Make sure it's worth it in your time in life as you get older. And so yeah, it's just kind of fun to get together with some boys and friends and play some old 70s 80s rock and drink a couple beers and just hang out you know it's yeah. not not as serious as it used to be kind of thing you know yeah but that i think that comes with the time and, and just like you said if you don't really make the money out of it which we still need um then you have to uh yeah you have to make a choice and i'm i'm I still miss it you know i, I but the funny thing is because i was a lead singer of the of, of band together with another guy mm -hmm. um you know the 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 singers are always having normally only the mic with them, but then the drummer comes up. Hey, would you please help a hand? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Come on, man. I'm the singer. I only have to wear my fucking no no my microphone. No, 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 no. You gotta and this uh, amplifiers. We had this uh, Marshall amplifier, which which was like thirty kilograms of stuff like that. Uh huh. That yeah, I used to have a big massive bass amp eight eight ten inch speaker it was like four foot tall cabinet and you know 500 watt bass amp head and everything and as you get a little older and you know you kind of get a little not weaker but you know your back starts hurting a little more you don't have that youthful energy and sprite jumpiness anymore so that thing was 150 pounds i'm 155 pounds so it literally was my weight you know and nowadays i just do it some simple i mean i'm a bass player so i can make it easier just bring a DI pedal that's just basically a mini amp, plug it straight into the PA, and it, mm. I use in-ear in -ear monitors on stage. So I don't even need an amp anymore, and other than I got the little earbuds that go in, and I hear everything like that, you know? So, wow. so I basically get to control my own monitors in my head, so I'm like, why would I even need the big amp anymore? The big PA's doing the job, you know? Yeah, and you just have my to back, plug My back loves this. it. Yeah, just, just plug straight plug. in. That's It's amazing, because I, I got this uh, uh, PV Juice, like one of the, the the amplifier with the with the light bulbs, uh huh, yeah, thirty five kilograms or like seventy pounds. Mm -hmm. It's tremendous sound. But nowadays, I have just like this. It's standing right there, a Fender Mustang One. Oh yeah, like almost like a H uh, A four paper with mm -hmm. twenty four presets channels and everything you can imagine, like reverb or whatever program you want to run. It's already in it. Yeah. It simplifies it so much, you know, and, and back in the day, there was some, you know, like, like you, where you get all that cool stuff in one, but you know, in the early days of some of those amps, like they've gotten so much better now on like giving the authentic true sounds because it, 
it was kind of a quantity over quality for like maybe 20 years ago on some amps where there was the joke of like, yeah, there's a hundred amps in this one, but they all sound like turds, you know? So, but nowadays, you know, like the Fender Mustang, Vox has a modeling one. A couple other brands have like some really good ones that are like six. They don't break the bank and they sound really awesome. Like they're, they're pretty true sounding to the original amps they're trying to replicate, you know? Yeah. But it was always good to go to a concert, and when the main band was getting their performance, and they had this this huge wall of marshals stacked up, just like, oh, this is gonna be amazing, guys! Oh hell yeah, yep, yep. See, that's the fun part, man. I just took my daughter. She um, about a year ago, we took her to go see Kiss. That's her favorite band, and so she got to see Kiss for the first time. You know, the big. It's fun that, you know, yeah, the big marshals and all the fire and the loud explosions and, like, that's the fun part about rock and roll. But, yeah, it is funny, like, nowadays that a lot of the bands, they'll still have the marshals, the big amps up there, but they're 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 hollowed out. Like, a lot of them, believe it or not, nowadays they actually just run into, like, certain pedals that run into the PA. And so you still got the awesome look without, like, you know, jipping the fans or nothing, but... Yeah, you know, it's it's just kind of crazy how technology has traveled so much in music, you know, oh, going yeah. from vacuum tubes 60 years ago to everything's all presets, and it, it's cool, though, you know? Yeah, and and as a bass player, uh, one of the first, thing I, first things I think about is, like, Lemmy. Oh, yeah. The Rickenbacker just, like, lined up and ready to rock and roll, man. Mm-hmm. Yep, and some of those those bass player front men are like my favorites. You got Lemmy, you got um, Phil Lynott from Thin Lizzy, which is one of my top three favorite bands. Um, Benjamin Orr from uh, The Cars. Sting, I love Sting. Like, The mm. Police is actually, like, people don't really give The Police enough credit. They go listen to the, the drums and bass lines. You're like, damn, that's pretty sick, not gonna lie. But yeah, like, there's, there's not many bass player front men and I mean, it, it's kind of cool to see, like you know, like you said Lemmy, you know, just up there, just pointing his bass at everybody and not giving a damn. And yeah, dude, you know, <laughs> even yeah, even changed the name of his guitar when he had his custom one made, the Rick and Bastard instead of the Rick and Bocker, you know, like and put the volume on one hundred, right? Yep, so, that's that's what he said. The secret to his tone was just crank it. <laughs> and he 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 plays it like guitar, right? He has this this slapping going on, of course. You got level forty two. Did this? He's also a good bass player. I don't like level forty two, but this is personal stuff, you know. But oh yeah, dude, he was slapping that. Oh wow, song something about you. Yeah, dude, that band is incredible. Like, yeah, top top musicians, but yeah, maybe not everybody's cup of tea. But fantastic bass player. Hmm. Mm. What were your influences that you went into the music? Well, I'll be honest with you. It's kind of weird, like. When I was a kid, my dad just always raised me. Like, he had an old 85 square body Chevy that I grew up in. And, you know, listening to a whole, a whole bunch of tapes in his, you know, his uh, glove box on the tape deck. And anything from Journey and Van Halen and Doobie Brothers, Rolling Stones, the Eagles. I mean, that's basically my upbringing. All that, all that classic rock. And then even 60s rock. My, my grandfather, rest in peace, I never got to meet him. He died before I was born. But... He was a rock DJ in Kansas City, Missouri, a famous DJ named Wayne Stitt. And wow. so anyways, it was just kind of like music is kind of in the family, even though like my dad didn't play music. He didn't play instruments, but he just kind of raised me on the right music that put me on the path of wanting to do that, you know? And then so my mom got me a bass after I'd already had an acoustic I'd kind of plinked around on. My mom got me a bass and then I kind of took that serious because I got in jazz band and I got taught 
theory, scales, modes, all the, the boring stuff. But I got taught at a young enough age to where I just ingested it and I didn't fight it. So then I started playing rock and roll music. And next thing you know, I mean, I'm basically kind of starting 80s style bands and like six, six, 16 years old, shit like that in high school. And I don't know, I've just always, I've always felt like even in like the early 2000s or mid 2000s, which would be like my middle school, high school era, there wasn't really nothing too awesome rock and roll coming out anymore. You know, so like I said, I'd mm. do original bands, but we'd have like very heavy 80s influence, GNR, you know, LA Guns, Motley Crue vibes, stuff like that. You know, yeah. And I just, I don't know. I've just always gravitated to rock stuff. And that, that was a lot of my earlier influences. Nowadays, I've been playing bass for 25, 20 plus years. And you always got to find things to keep, it's just like a relationship, new things to keep you interested again, you know? And I've been getting it, like you said, level 42. I've been listening to a lot of Duran Duran and Shaw Day and weird stuff like that. Yeah, it's hard to admit as a rocker, but as a bass, <laughs> no. as a bass player, you're like, wait a minute, listen to those bass lines. Those are kind of different, you know? Exactly. And Exactly. Makes you look at it like a different painting all of a sudden. You get a new set of colors to work with. You're like, wait, let me try that shit out, you know? Yeah. And there's a lot of time that I, that I didn't listen to some stuff that I'm listening to now, which has a uh, another level. And some of the stuff that I heard from from uh, the early days that I didn't dig into. And and now sometimes some some song comes up, popping up on, on Spotify, just like, oh, who are these guys? Oh, wait a minute. These are like 30 years old and still making the things happen, you know? Yeah. And of course, one of the one of the great uh, lyric writer and and uh, bass player is, of course, um, from Iron Maiden. Oh, yeah. Steve Harris. Harris. I, yeah. yeah. I, I'd be like 14 years old before I was playing in bands. I'd just kind of go like back, you know, the old console stereos with the big glass door and everything. Big stack stereo, big speaker, old school 80s style. Yeah, I had one of those in my bedroom that could rock the entire house down. You know, it was my dad's old 80s stereo. And yeah. what I would do is I would put on, like, Number of the Beast Iron Maiden album. I mean, I know there's all this symbolism and shit nowadays, and we understand things differently. But back then, just listening to Steve Harris, I'm like, I want to learn these songs. So I literally put on that album and Master of Puppets by Metallica. Oh. Steve Harris and Cliff Burton were basically my two what like i was learning in jazz band but those two guys just lit a fire under my ass for rock and roll bass play. you know what i'm saying and like i just gravitated to him and i'd put both those albums on and like basically lock myself in my room and play it from start to finish until i figured out the whole damn album mm. and it really was like you know very inspirational because yeah steve harris if, you, if you're a bass player and you can't get excited about his bass lines then i don't know what to tell you man <laughs> and the yeah thing is I was I was listening to the uh, uh, Iron Maiden songs and I was uh, pretending to be Bruce, you know. I had this long hair with some uh, what's it called when it's a little bit more blonde, you know, uh -huh. uh, some like streaks or something in it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I just you know put put on a, a mic and there was this. Uh, uh, I was doing that in front of my window because nobody could could look in, and I was pretending that I was in that in that audience, you know, performing. And I was, yeah. I, I was always. Well, Iron Maiden is really my first love. When I listen to, and I know the, the time and the day exactly, we were hanging around with a friend of mine at his house, and we could drink under uh, mature, uh, uh, what's it called, uh, supervising. We could drink. Yeah, yeah. We were like 12 or 13 years old, you know, but th at that day, that was no problem. Yeah. And a friend of mine came with this tape uh, cassette that he uh, recorded from the album, and he said, 
oh man, you you, you gotta you guys gotta listen to this. And it was Iron Maiden with the uh, the first at uh, the Life album, uh, Life After Death, mm -hmm. and it starts with Churchill's speech. And yeah, oh, what is this, man? What is this? And then Aces High is kicking in, just like dun, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's like this is gonna be the music that's gonna be there for the rest of my life. And I got goosebumps all over the place talking about that. Yes, of course. The moment, yeah, the moment it hooked you, it grabbed you, you know. And and the fun thing about Iron Maiden too is like, like I said, you know. um, we we not saying Iron Maiden is satanic, but you know the the song "Number of the Beast." People can look at it and be like, "Oh my God, it's the devil!" Mm. Like if you really listen to like the lyrics, Iron Maiden's always been a lyrical kind of band, kind of like Rush or other people, where they put a lot of like, if you just read the damn lyrics, it can build a story in your head almost, like it's a book, oh, yeah. you know. And so like "Number of the Beast," yeah, it's about the devil, but it's basically just the tale of like Dante's Inferno, you know. And then you've got like "Aces High," which is you know Churchill and shit like that. You got you know. The battles in you know air combat, and then you've got run to the hills, and then you've got all these different oh, songs. They have yeah. these, they have these awesome kind of like stories. Each song is like another another book off the shelf, almost. You know, yeah. great the, songwriting. Basically, when you're listening to Iron Maiden albums, you're gonna have a glimpse of history because I think a few of them were on conservatorium, just like the music uh, instruments and stuff like that. But I think um, one of two of them are into history so they like peace of mind is also one of my favorites like the old the old stuff i really like that and they sang basically about historical events mm -hmm. so i grew up with awesome music with uh being a um from a countryside boy with long hair and and you know boots above my jeans like guns N' roses did and stuff like that yeah and um when I went to school, uh, nobody was digging into that kind of stuff, you know. I was just <laughs> the, the the minor threat, the, the little outlaw, the black sheep, and I yeah. loved it. I loved it. My mom always told me, just like, you're not going to go to school like that with a t-shirt with a, with a skull on it and with <laughs> tear trousers and with my boots. Or, you know, I was, I was a really strange duck into this pile of, you know, old fat people and just like, oh, I don't I don't give a shit, you know? <laughs> yeah, but that's the beauty of it, man, is like, you know, that can actually bring us into another kind of conversation. It's like rock and roll can it just, or anything that's just puts you as a black sheep in a way, it, it can build character to you. Like, it makes you realize things that really matter. Like, who gives a damn about the conforming with the, the jocks or the whoever or the, you know what I'm saying? Because... Mm. Do you want to be the Al Bundy that, you know, is, is 45 years old talking about what he did at 18 and he like, okay, that's cool. Three touchdowns in one game, whatever. Oh, what the hell? Have, what have you done in 25 years since then though? Oh, well, nothing. You know, because like the thing is, is if we learn that black sheep nonconformity crap, which is good early enough in life, that can open your mind so much quicker. And instead of staying in that, like, Rockefeller slave education system where you just follow follow right into the cracks. You're the puzzle piece, or the, you know another brick in the wall, as you know Roger Waters would sing. And oh, yeah. and it's it's just interesting because, like I said, you look back at I don't know how old you are. I'm 34, and uh, you know like yeah, oh right on, right on. You look great for 51, man. Awesome. Thanks. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's like people look back and you realize like none of that crap even mattered you know like mm. the you know oh what you're the black sheep you're the weirdo you listen to that music and like 
yeah, what have you done with life? You know, you're three baby daddies later with, you still ain't got, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. the ones who thought they were top shit back then ain't nothing as life goes on, you know? Oh, man. I, I once had a, a woman came come up to me and she said, you, you know, you know, what, what, what are you going to look like when you are like 80 with all your tattoos? I said, I would be looking like an 80 year old guy with tattoos. <laughs> right. I mean, like, what are you going to look like? You go like, exactly. I mean, like, we're all going to have the same wrinkles, at least have a little bit of artwork on them, you know? Exactly. And I got some, uh, well, pretty, pretty down scars all, all over my body and in my face and stuff like that. It, it, mm. it just happens, you know? It's it just like, yeah. what you can't do about it. I'm not going to have a plastic uh, surgery for that one. I mean, I, I, I embrace them. I love them because mm. then they tell the story about, you know, stuff like that. Also, my tattoos, some of them tell, well, the, most of them have some. Some uh, uh, so, so, some story around it, you know. It's, yeah. And but, but that's not why I'll wear them. I wear them because I like it. Uh, it it's like uh, when I go to the tattoo studio, which which has been quite some time now, but I want a lot of more. But it's like uh, I signed up, and after one hour, I think, why the hell did I sign up for this kind of pain? You know. But mm -hmm. it's also. For me, it's like this is a chapter I have to close or I have to carry with me for all my life. So that's why I, I have to embrace this uh, stuff. And uh, this one, the eagle that I have, was like seven hours. Mm, that was the nice. longest part I ever sat in this chair. Just like, whole, mm -hmm. you know, within an hour, your, your adrenaline is almost gone. You have to feed yourself with the good stuff and, and mentally you go into another characteristic state of mind to mm -hmm. to, to fulfill the session. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you kind of like almost check out a little bit or something, like mentally, yeah. I guess, or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the worst part that could happen is that they say, oh, we're going to take a break, so you're going to smoke your cigarette, and you're just like shaking all over because you're... And then you have to get back in a chair, and the first thing that the needle is going to hit your skin is just mm -hmm. like, holy, why am I doing this, man? Yeah, well, and also, you know, the cigarette itself is a stimulant, so, you know, like, it's, you know, stimulant's got to speed up your bloodstream or whatever, you know, like, basically, like, like caffeine almost or whatever, it's, you know, you get that, that high off the cigarette, so, yeah, you're almost, like, you're almost damned if you do, if you take that break, you'd rather almost just struggle through it, like, you know, because if you take that break, you feel like getting up in the middle of the night to go take a pee, and then you can't get back to bed the same, you're like, damn it, man, I kind of lost it, you know, I was in the zone, I already, I was already there, damn it, you know? Or just, like, playing a game playing the instrument and and then uh somebody said oh wait wait we're gonna do that again and, and you know that you didn't screw it up and you just mm -hmm. man i was just playing it so good and then you start <laughs> all over again and you feel like oh man i just lost this kind of fight because something happened there because i was stopped yeah 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 it threw the moment off again actually D dave mustaine said something recently in an interview that was interesting about young guitar players and stuff and like how nowadays everybody has with technology on their side, kind of like we were alluding to earlier, there's pros and cons, obviously. And say, like, in the recording studio, for example, like, nowadays, like, when I've, I've recorded multiple times in original bands over the years and albums and stuff, and it's fun, but I've always been that guy of, like, I don't want to, like, cut and paste it. Like, let me, if, if I mess up halfway through the song, erase the whole damn thing and let me start the whole thing over again. Like, I want the, the whole track on my end to be true from, from zero to three minutes to 55 or whatever, you know? And Dave Mustaine brought up a good point about how a lot of kids nowadays, as they're learning, 
they don't learn to just mess up. Mess ups are great. I mean, there's people like Slash who you can mess up, but it's just part of his style to where it's like that sloppiness is part of his style, you know? Exactly. Dave Mustaine was kind of alluding to like that, like just play through the damn song and don't worry about messing up. Everybody's got to mess up. Sometimes those weird mess ups add something kind of cool to the song, like a little exactly. quirk to it or something, you know? Even Eddie Van Halen, had said, rest in peace, that's the guy that inspired me to play guitar as well as play bass. But, I mean, he didn't inspire me to play bass, but I was, you know, I'm was i an electric guitar player also. But um, Eddie, he said for decades that listening back to Eruption, he's like, did I hear so many mistakes on that damn thing? Everybody's like, yeah, but but if you, you, you inspired millions of guitar players just off of that, even with all the mistakes riddled throughout it possibly. I don't hear them, but, exactly. you know, the... It, Beethoven listens back to one of his symphonies like, damn it, there's two wrong notes in there. Well, they're like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? It is. <laughs> and it's like, well, it is what it is, man. Exactly. The same thing goes when, when, um, when, when you listen to like Jimi Hendrix or when you're listening to Frank Zappa, they never ever played the same concert with the same notes because they, are, they were into the music. They felt the music yeah and you know the bass lines you know okay i've got to i got to skip to an a minor and then go yeah. to c and stuff like that you got the basic roadmap yeah yeah exactly but i i like it when somebody else is pointing out the roadmap and i can do my own stuff so so i never had any education uh well that's not completely true when when we were sitting at home because of some events in the past like a few years back mm -hmm. i was uh uh, hooking on YouTube on uh, uh, Ricky Kominsky, um, uh, uh, totally blind, blind, blind in my, my mind right now. Um, there were Paul Davids, uh, mm -hmm. which is a Dutch guy. Also, they they were telling about the music stuff, like you said, the mods and about the tune and and about uh, the skills there are. So mm -hmm. I learned basically from them. To play guitar as I do now, and do oh, I awesome. screw up? Oh yeah, of course. But just like you said, sometimes magic happens, and when you can play something that's not one hundred percent right, but you come back to it, mm -hmm. just like you said with Slash. Mm -hmm. Oh man, that's 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 a brilliance. If you you know, a lot of people are are um, practicing, practicing, practicing to get that that exactly same notes out every single night that's that's perfect but it, and that's cool yeah. but it gets boring exactly you need to you you know sometimes it's it's really good to have your own vibe and and you know i, I like to play play like uh dirty rock and roll and stuff like that and uh, put my own solos in it and yeah especially putting up youtube with a, a live concert so when i play along I'm going to have the audience applauding, even if I messed up. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's like, you know, Zappa, like you alluded, you know, he was a master at, like you said, never playing the same song twice, like the same way almost, you know? And mm. a lot of people don't realize um, Steve I got his, his start in the Frank Zappa band. And what's funny is Steve I also, his guitar teacher was uh, Joe Satriani. So Joe Satriani teaches him all this, you know, intricate stuff. This is exactly what you're supposed to play right and one of the first things that uh, frank zappa told him when he walked in he says yeah i know sash he's a great guitar player man everything he taught you 
throw that out the window. We're not doing that in this band. I mean, like, everything <laughs> that he just thought you how to play all the songs perfect and everything, like, that's not what we do over here. We play, you know, we play Zappa style. We play whatever note you want to play, throw it in there. We call it freeform jazz. You know? Exactly. I, I think that's how it should be. And I think a lot of bands that were getting big in the 60s and the 70s when they had one record or just one one record device to 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 record a song that was mm-hmm. it you know you put it out that nowadays just like you said you go to the studio and you can you can get the song out without someone playing anything because you can do it digitally mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh well the, the greatest stuff that i think I really like like Black Sabbath, uh, Led Zeppelin, stuff like the Deep Purple, you know, the old stuff. And when oh, yeah. I was uh, listening to that when uh, in the 80s when I was grow up because I'm from 73, but in the 80s I listened to music like Elvis Presley and uh, For sure. Elton John, stuff like that. Oh, yeah, I love Elton John, yeah. Uh, he's rocking, really. And uh, then, then you realize that, you know, with that comes... There were a lot of bands that were copy paste of you know oh this is the kind of music you like we can copy paste that in whatever band you would like you know you know the boy bands that came up like new kids on the block and and, and take that and all that stuff it was just like okay girls are gonna like that which is a good uh, commercial stuff yeah so you know first of all they they screamed with the Beatles so let's do that again copy paste it again with the same music yeah if it works do it again yep. <laughs> yeah exactly. Make more money. That's kind of funny, you know, like because people. I mean, I, like I said, I'm I'm born in '89. Okay, so there's a lot of music that I listen to, and it's not just like I found out later. It just I grew up with, you know, like you know, we might have an age difference, but we are listening like to a lot of the same music and things like that, and stuff that I think back when things were more true, more like you know, we can. There's conspiracy stuff riddled throughout all of like early music, you know, the doors, Jim Morrison's dad, Gulf of Tonkin, mm-hmm. Admiral Morrison, all that stuff. And there's a lot, especially the 60s, like Mamas and Papas, and then the Grateful Dead. There's a lot of FBI, CIA, and co opting and all that good manipulating of the minds of the 60s, you know, hippie stuff. But mm-hmm. 70s was kind of like this real true magic of like the, the second gen of bands, of like rock bands, because you, you alluded to like Elvis. Elvis poor guy like Rogan's brought up before I mean people can say what they want about Elvis he's got a lot of baggage too but I mean like as in the sense of not knowing how the hell to handle himself meaning you are literally the first rock star there's no there's no template to go off of to be like oh man what did so and so do right and what did they do wrong so I know what what not to do like Elvis was just everybody's looking at you and like you're at the top of the mountain you can only go down from there basically you know So then you get like the Beatles, that's the pop stuff. Then you get the Stones, that's a little more dirty stuff. And then you get the Who, which doesn't get enough credit, one of my favorite bands, because they kind of, in my opinion, started punk rock, but whatever. <laughs> but um, then kind of got like the Zeppelin and a lot of like even Doobie Brothers or the Eagles or a lot of things that started coming out in the early 70s that was just this new thing of we'd never heard before. You know what I'm saying? Like it wasn't quite copy-pasted. But then by the late 70s and the early 80s, what was, you know, oh, Led Zeppelin, let's have a copy of Led Zeppelin in 83. You like this band, let's have a copy in 87. And then the 90s, it only got worse. And then look at the early 2000s, like I was talking about earlier, like no no offense to anybody that likes a lot of that music. There's a few songs I like from Nostalgia, mm-hmm. but it just got to where everybody was copy and pasting the same thing. I mean, there's a Henry Rollins stand-up joke from like 20 years ago that's hilarious, and he said... 
man, the early 2000s, he goes, here's six songs on the radio, and you think it's the first half of a mediocre rock album, you find out it's six different bands. <laughs> like, the originality disappeared. All the record companies just wanted to copy and paste what worked, and then it actually just got stale and boring, and then we are where we are now. And yeah, back to pop stars and everything else, it's just the same person repackages the last one, and Taylor Swift is no different than... Maybe Cheryl Crow in the '90s, or you know what I'm kind of saying. Like yeah, it's all yeah. been done. It's already all been done. That's what kind of sucks. But, but if you're listening to like Janis Joplin, then mm-hmm. wow, it's original. They, they could, they, they weren't uh, probably were aware about, uh, but they were humble about what they were doing. Right? They were doing the stuff that they liked. And yeah. nowadays, you can put up concept and you copy paste a formula of music. And you can, you know, just like the American Idols and stuff like that. Do you think that the jury uh, listens to your voice? Of course they do. But they look also what kind of people are sitting there on stage, and how many people react in the in the in the in the in the, in the, in the seats. You know, if there's a lot of audience to say, "Oh, wow, look at that handsome guy or handsome girl," and she can sing also. Oh man, that's marketing. That's yeah, yeah. That's- and then if they can kind of flaunt it a little bit, or if they're they're pretty and they're willing to wear shorts and they got great legs or so, you know, it's just all checking another box of like we're gonna pick this one instead of this one, yeah, exactly. And that uh, well, we touched a little bit based on it, just like that, and and it spoiled a little bit for me from when I was listening to uh, it was uh, shout out for my brothers uh, uh, Raul and Alex and uh, and Claude from the Firmamental guys, Woo-hoo. yeah, absolutely, but. Um, Raul was doing on the Fact Hunter from George Hobbs uh, an episode about the conspiracies in, uh, in the music industry. Mm-hmm. And uh, just like you said, with the doors and the CIA, the FBI going on, uh, with all these bands that uh, try to, to make something happening with the people, you know, give them bread and mm-hmm. play or circus and play and, you know, circus and bread. And, and they will shut up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it is weird that, yeah, they got co-opted in a way. It's like maybe, a lot of movements really do in the beginning anyways, but if something gets like enough traction, hey, do you don't think the federal government's going to be like, hey, what's this going on over here? Let's send some, hey, let's some dirty long-haired dudes that are actually feds, but they're just undercover or whatever, you know what I mean? Like yeah. even Bob Weir talked about with the Grateful Dead that they had, it was an FBI or CIA guy was their damn, um, their acid plug that was giving acid to all their, the, the, the fans at the concerts, you're like, yeah, because of course they're. <laughs> yeah. It's a drugs on war, you know, of the, the 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 war on drugs, you know, that the FBI and the CIA is keeping that for themselves to to spread it out to the people who can influence the other ones, right? I'm like, man, you know, acid's cool and all, but I'm more of a mushrooms guy. So like, why don't you give us some mushrooms if you're gonna give us something? Acid's made in a, in a basement. I want I want the real grown shit. <laughs> mm. Exactly. I, I, well, there's one fun, funny story from Acid when uh, it was on the Osbournes with with uh, with Ozzy, mm-hmm. and Ozzy comes up to his uh, to his son. Um, what's what's his name? Jack. Uh, Jack. Yeah, he said, Jack, Jack, come here, come here, and he goes basically to his basement, and there was this uh, this uh, piano or or synthesizer stuff mm-hmm. with a Black Sabbath sticker on it, and he recorded a record with that. In 1973, which was one of the first records from uh, from uh, Black Sabbath, and uh-huh. so Jack says to his dad, to Ozzy, you know, what what you gonna do? Uh, I'm gonna get some acid and I'm gonna lock myself up for a few days. He says, 
<laughs> can't imagine that. I mean, when you when you were into that stuff and also with mushrooms and stuff like that, and uh-huh. you, you you plug in the guitar or you just have this, you know, you 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 can you can make your drums yourself, but by hitting uh, the table, you know, and the way you have this yeah. beat going on. Oh man, the, the limitless time of going do the stuff. Just yeah. And well, that's the funny thing too is like it's hard. I mean, as you know, I only got a few minutes left, man. And I, I, this has been awesome. Like this is just cool, just flying and riffing about music and just all kinds of different influences and stuff. And but it is, it's, it's fun with inspiration, like with music, like everything in life, though, really comes down to like tone, vibration. It's, it's, you know, it, it's just this weird energy in life, you know. So, so like when you go play your guitar, even if you're playing by yourself. No, no, the same with like your toroidal feel and everything of like, if you've got good people around you, you just feel good. You don't know why, but it's just your vibrations go a little higher instead of a little lower vibration. Mm. But with music, you start jamming with some other people in the room and your part's vibing. You're doing your right part. The guitar player's doing his right part. The drummer's right on point. The singer's hitting his harmonies. You're like, it's it's just this kind of like magic almost. Magic. It's like all the vibrations just tapped into each other and it's just made something beautiful. And so when you kind of like, if you can do that with just a clear-headed mind, but like some people can say, oh, I can't play guitar from stone or whatever. I, I, I prefer to, I, I'm not saying it makes me better, but sometimes I like to smoke a little bit and then go mm-hmm. play guitar because I'll think of something I wouldn't have done if I was 100% clear-headed, right? Exactly. Or same thing as like what you said, you know, if you're jamming out and you're on some mushrooms or something, you're just tapping on the table, you're like, I don't know why, but I just came up with an awesome beat that just, you know, you just came up with it out of nowhere. Like you grabbed it out of the ether. You just, you were in the right spot, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Oh man, I have so much fun already. And, and, um, we're going to break this down in two, three, four parts, right? For sure, man. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So what I'm going to do is, um, I'm going to ask you the 10 questions now. So people can, can get a little bit more, uh, getting you noticed. Yeah. Or, or know a little bit from you. And I got, well, I have to correct myself. I don't have 10 questions. I have 12 questions. Okay. So the first two are the, I think for now, the, the most difficult ones. What's your perception of God? Man, you know, it's, you know, it's really, uh, that's <laughs> a loaded, not a loaded question. That's, it's, um, it, can be explained a lot of different ways to different people, I guess, but it's its own kind of personal journey, I guess you have to kind of find. And, you know, I mean, I know a lot of us are flat earthers in the world and things like that. Mm-hmm. To be honest with you, I was never super duper religious growing up, but I knew about a lot of things. I had a step grandma was super Southern Baptist and just kind of tried to shove that crap back your throat. I'm not saying it's crap, but I'm just saying like, just to, you're young and you're annoyed with it. You're like, Grandma, let me play my Super Nintendo. Come on, leave me alone. You know, yeah, exactly. Well, I'm just saying this. I don't mean it in a bad way. I'm joking. But as you get older, and like I said, I have three kids. I'm married, um, work, you know, all that. You just start finding like higher purpose. And then as you start getting into the conspiracy world, you start realizing, like Sam Tripoli and other people have talked about, like if there's, it's it's as above, so below, yin yang, all the you know, there's duality of everything. If there's this much evil in the world that you find in the conspiracy world, then you have to realize there's gotta be a counter and there's gotta be some kind of good love and light and whatever. And then you find out about flat earth possibly and you start finding out about, you know, biblical earth and all the different scriptures, and you're like, Well sh- shit. <laughs> it's real. It's real. Yeah. Like you find that path and it's like like I said, everybody has to find it differently. 
but yeah, my opinion is, you know, God is, I don't know exactly what God is. I mean, I don't know if everybody does, but I don't, I'm one of those guys that thinks faith is the whole fake and gay and all that, whatever, jokingly, but you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's not what we're told. The heavens are above and what they are is something for us to just find out when it's our time to find out. I think, you know, like we can dig for as many questions as we want in the world, but there's just some answers we don't find out until it's time to find them out. You know what I mean? Exactly. And I know that's a long winded answer, but I think it's just a weird, you just have to find your own path and, and find it. What's true to your heart makes sense. You know? Yeah, absolutely. You know, when it's related, when it's resonating with your own plausible truth, as I would like to say, then it's fine. You know, if you do not harm yourself or others, then you, um, you, you won't skip ahead of a lot of other people. But I mean, I am a Christian as well, though. So, I mean, I do believe in Jesus and everything. And, but I also think that a lot of people look at their religion and there's two, this is, you know, there's a lot of religions, obviously. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of people that like, well, mine's right. And all the others are all wrong or vice versa. And you're like, the more you look into things, just like politics, like we have more similarities than we do differences. A lot of the same biblical books, even though they're different religions, have a lot of similar stories in them. You know what I'm kind of saying? So like, meaning there's more truth out there than we want to notice. We just want to argue over differences, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Brings me to the, to the next question. Um, maybe you, you feel this one already, but what's your perception or uh, description of, of the devil? I think the devil is a little more, I think he probably does in some form exist. I mean, it's not quite really laid out in the Bible. I think it's mm -hmm. a little more of a man-made concept. And then I think, you know, with kind of what I said about like Iron Maiden earlier, the story of Dante's Inferno is a lot of where people got this idea mm -hmm. and that kind of like Catholic idea of what hell is and everything. I think the devil is a little more of like, without saying it in a bad way, but like think of your chakras or something, red shift, blue shift, good vibration, bad vibration, the, your conscience, you have a little angel and devil on your shoulder like the cartoons back in the past, you know, like I think the devil lives within you, but it's only like if you allow him to like to mm -hmm. reside there or something, does that kind of make sense? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, absolutely makes sense. The, the devil doesn't exist. You can be your own hell. You can be your own devil if you yeah. allow those things to take control of you. Is that kind of, that's what yeah. I'm getting at. You, you can choose the light and you can choose the darkness, but you choose yourself. Right. Nobody else is there making that decision for you. It's you that exactly. messed up your life ultimately, you know? Exactly, exactly. All right. Now now we come to to the ten, uh let, let's say the, the 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 speed questions. Like okay. what's your favorite color? Um red. Red or black. I mean most of my guitars are red or black, but I just I just always gravitated to red. There's the red or blue, you know, when you're a kid. I'm like red cars are cooler than blue cars. I just it's always mm. been with me forever, you know. Okay. What's your favorite music? Um, man, just classic rock, 70s, 70s rock. Rock and roll, baby. Yes, sir. 78, my favorite year of classic rock. Okay. What's your favorite uh, movie or series? Ooh, man, movie? Uh, American Psycho, Christian Bale. That's like, I'm not saying he's an influence of being like a good person no, no, in the but movie, he, but like just like that vincing role, man. Oh, wow. I, I, he, sh he, he, he has to be like a freak just to play that part and if yeah. you read the book it's like the, the book is is more horror than the film but he, oh yeah he did just like oh holy, holy cow yeah 
that's even in interviews. He's like, man, I did that job so well. As everybody tells me, he's like, but I also don't want to ever be associated whatsoever as being mm. anything like Patrick Bateman in real life. I promise you, that's not me. <laughs> he's like, I'm just an actor. <laughs> exactly. That this is a fun part from actors, right? You can say, oh, I just played that role. <laughs> right. Uh, what's your favorite book? Man, um, I don't know, probably, not to be general, but like, I mean, probably the Bible. But I also, um, I just, I'm more of a, I'm, I'm getting back into reading. I used to read books out the ass when I was a kid and then just got in the rock and roll lifestyle. Like, oh, reading's for nerds or whatever. And I, <laughs> yeah. I've been getting back into like, you know, audio books all the time. I listen to podcasts all the time too, but I've been getting in a lot of audio books, but it's mostly like old biblical things, you know, the book of Enoch or the Bible itself, King James Version, Old Testament, like. I just, whatever information is out there that I'm willing to learn, I'm just, just hand it to me nowadays. You know, I'm like, just give it to me. So anything is my new favorite book, basically. Okay, cool, cool. What's your favorite kind of beverage or drink? Uh, well, I don't drink pop anymore. I mean, water, dude, water, <laughs> it is the, we need water. It's our oil. And then you know, beer, beer's cool with me too, but good old PBR, there's nothing wrong with that, but, uh, hmm. most, mostly water, man. I'm literally, I just, I've cut out sugar and pop and energy drinks, all that crap. Oh yeah. 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 Me too. Me too. I'm, I'm a rocker with, with quite a decent uh, lifestyle now. <laughs> nice. Nice, man. Nice. <laughs> oh, we got to, we, we, we preserve your body like 51 years young. You, you, you got to skip some stuff to, to be healthy and to be uh, in, in the, in the center of yourself, right? <laughs> Body's a temple. You got to take care of it. Oh yeah, yeah, and sometimes you, I, I got wasted. I'm not looking forward to that time, <laughs> <laughs> right? But it brings up good memories. But it, it also teaches some great lessons and some great journeys that you can make. Yeah. Um. What's your What's your favorite food? And my favorite food, you know, probably, probably meatloaf. Honestly, like as long as it's made right, you know, some people make it different. Some people, but like my wife's meatloaf is out of this world and maybe it's just me but uh, that's just one of my favorite things i don't know i gotta confess something derek i never had meat love really we don't have that in uh, europe well, well really well pro and never ran into that it, it's, it's pretty like simple bread with meat right oh with with uh yeah it's just yeah it's just hamburger meat you got uh you know some people put crackers in there for a little consistency then you put you know green green peppers some onions in there i mean not a whole lot. You just It's pretty simple. I mean, it really is. You just put it in a glass casserole dish and throw it in the oven for 45 minutes or an hour. And uh -huh. you're like, man, it's uh, got, a, got a pretty uh, pretty awesome <laughs> pretty awesome I got a meal. true Maricazzi just, just for the meatloaf, man. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah. Meatloaf and mashed potatoes. Can't beat that. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. What kind of uh, clothing do you like to wear to, is, is your favorite to wear? Um, like, what do you mean, like brand or just what you feel comfortable oh, no, in? Or? Like, you know, I, I like into, uh, the jeans or just casual or. I'm a t-shirt, t-shirt. I mean, like, you know, rock band t-shirts or whatever kind of, you know, just t-shirt and jeans kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. I, I love that too. And, uh, what's your favorite, uh, holiday destination? Holiday destination? Like place to go to? Yeah. Um, man, we, we usually do like a once a year kind of trip with the kids and uh, just get them out of the house, get them go do some kind of new experience and fun stuff. And honestly, like we're nature people. I mean, so we, what we do is we'll rent cabins. Like it, it's not the old school, like let's go to Disney world and get a you know hotel for the weekend. We're like, no, let's go rent a cabin for like a week and 
get out and BFE and go hang out just off a beaten path. You can't even find the road on GPS. Like, that's what we do. So anywhere, like any new destination that I've never been to and I go hike around and look around at nature, like that's that's my favorite places, you know. You ever been to But Europe? a place I'd always love to go is like, I mean, I'd love to visit the pyramids. I'd love to visit, you know, all kinds of places. Uh, South America is probably my dream destination. Somewhere down in South Machu Picchu, something like that, you know. Oh, yeah. Like the, yeah, I love that. But you ever been to Europe? To your... No, I have not. I would love to. Americans I speak to that 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 haven't been here, but well, I'm I'm not been to America too. So so maybe maybe that will change. Or no, not maybe that will change. Yeah, I'll make that work. Yeah, I was gonna rock that place. I would love to be there. Yeah, dude. Uh, we're gonna hang around with the with with, with the guys, right? Yeah, we'll have a big old meetup. Exactly, exactly. Well, probably it's gonna be a festival, right, with the same minded people and just rock on. Yeah. She has some 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 good vibes with each other and frequencies and uh, love each other and uh, support each other. That's 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 my kind of stuff nowadays. Yeah, man. Okay, well, I got uh, last uh, two questions and then uh, you got to go because because uh, your missus is gonna gonna uh, take your laptop, right? <laughs> yeah, she's gonna take. She's in nursing school. Uh, try to help you know further further our family and everything. And you know, I couldn't be more proud of her. But yeah, she's got a whole buttload of tests and things to take care of. So. No problem. Do this caveman style, Afghanistan style, man. I just got a little phone and a laptop. I mean, you know. <laughs> okay, but but no worries. There will be a part two, definitely. Hell yeah, um, dude. What's your favorite quote? Man, my favorite quote. I'm glad you asked that. I don't. I don't know who to quote it to. Well, I got two. Though. I'll, I'll I'll say two. Um, one I can quote it to is Duncan Trussell said. Uh, you know, somewhere there's some poor sap sitting next to a waterfall that doesn't have a cell phone that doesn't know how pissed off he's supposed to be at the world. Think about that. Some wow. some some tribal guy that has no idea of what is going on in, in the business finance world or anything like that. He doesn't know his house is getting foreclosed. He's wearing a loincloth sitting next to a beautiful waterfall in Mother Nature. You know what I'm saying? Like exactly. it's all perception. But then my other favorite quote is. It's better to be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. Wow. Meaning finding your zen, your peace. Like you can be ready to go wolverine if you need to, but you can be just t tilling the garden and doing what you need to. But if you're the gardener that got thrust into a war, you got drafted, you're going, holy shit, I don't know what to do, man. <laughs> exactly. Wow, that's a good one. That's a deep one too. Yeah, I love that. That's my favorite quote. Okay. Last question, Derek. What is your life's motto? Man, I don't know. It'll Joe Dirt will keep on keeping on. I just honestly, like, I think, you know, it's, I don't really have a motto. I just, it's just a keep grinding, keep on, keep on living. You know, it's, you can't focus on the past. The past is already gone. Mm -hmm. The future is whatever you make it, but you can sit there and dwell on the future. But if you're not fixing things in the present, then you're not creating the future that you want. So you just got to keep on keeping on, you know? Oh man, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Absolutely, this has been awesome. Yeah, you need to come on, to come on talk instead as well. Yeah, I will. I will. Absolutely, have to shuttle because it's just like seven, eight, nine hours time difference. But that's... yeah, yeah, we got a time difference. But yeah, yeah, yeah we can figure it out. Yeah, well, that's, yeah, we, the, that's the cool part about it. Yeah, we're gonna figure it out because you know one thing that I it's it's like Sunday here and Sunday morning uh, where you're at. It's uh it's two fifteen p.m. um Sunday right now. Okay. 
Yeah. So your your day starting on my is is, is gonna gonna be uh, it's gonna be turning night now. But yeah, if you could hang around with people like this, it doesn't matter what time. If if I'm off with work, uh, just just you know, I want to talk to people, uh, have a great time, uh, share knowledge, uh, connect with them. That's that's uh, that's what I really dig into and what I do right now, and which makes me so joyful and happy and grateful to be able to do that. You know, for sure. And uh, man, wow, time flies when you're having fun. It's it's like it's it's an hour. Thank you for that because I know your missus is gonna knock on the door just like you know <laughs> she's gonna do her stuff. But re- really, thank you very much, Derek, to uh, to help on this organized productions and shout out to the guys from the Firm Mental podcast that um, make both of our podcasts uh, ha- um, uh, happening because they, they're yep. helping us out, right? And um, same with Scipio. you got yep, to check Scipio. his new book. And it's on a Firm Mental website. You can check that one out also, listeners. And um, for you listeners out there, thank you, fellow human, for listening to another episode of Disorganized Productions. And have a beautiful morning, day, or night, wherever you are on this beautiful plane, realm called Gaia Earth. Yes, yes. <laughs> Thank you, brother. This has been awesome. God bless, man. You have a great Sunday, upcoming week as well. Let's see what uh, symbolism happens in a couple hours on this Super Bowl and <laughs> see what kind of world uh, shift goes on tomorrow when people are either pissed off or super happy. <laughs> oh, 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 be super pissed that they'd be happy. Right, exactly. <laughs> well, brother, you have a great one, man. And thanks again, Rob. This has been fantastic. And I'm glad that you shouted out, you know, Raul and Alex, everybody else. And just one last person I want to shout out that I don't think any of us would be doing without it. And we've mentioned him earlier, but George Hobbs, man, God bless him. George Hobbs has brought so many of us together that brought us all into our own world as well now, like a podcast and I had him on my podcast last week, and it was it was awesome. It was just cool, just oh, yes. do the shit, man. So, so yeah, dude, you, we're gonna get our That's schedules fun. going again. We're gonna have part two, you and me, and then I'm gonna have you on my podcast as well, Rob. Anytime. Okay, thank you very much, man. Keep on rocking. All right. All right. See you later, brother. All right. <laughs> Peace. Peace. <laughs> Fulfilled my dreams. I've been running for all my life with the devil on my heels. He wasn't always kind, and he couldn't fulfill my dreams. He's a pain in the ass, black as the night. God, show me the light. Cause I've been running for all my life with the devil on my heels. He wasn't always kind. He couldn't fulfill my dreams He's a pain in the ass Black as the night God show me light and hold me tight Cause I've been running for all my life With the devil on my heels He wasn't always right And he wasn't always kind God show me the light God hold me tight Cause I'm running for 
Show me the light and hold me tight. 